Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary, Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include natural disasters, my interview with Rebecca Seward on investing in tech, automation, and innovation, and further reaction to last week's strong payrolls report. I'd like to thank today's podcast sponsor, Simple Nexus. An Encino company, an award-winning developer of mobile-first technology for the modern mortgage lender. Simple Nexus unites the people, systems, and stages of the mortgage process into a seamless end-to-end solution that spans engagement, origination, closing, and business intelligence. Learn how the home ownership platform can improve loan production, lower operational costs, increase referral volume, and enhance customer satisfaction. Visit simplenexus.com. Someone asked me to name two structures that hold water. I was like, well, damn. (laughs) As the storms continue to hit in Northern California and Nevada, we're reminded that it's either feast or famine in the Golden State. Take your pick. Forest fires or biblical rain. Over 20 trillion gallons of water are supposed to fall in California in a two-week span. Yes, that's trillion with a T. Ratcheting back several decimal places, new estimates from the Census Bureau found that the U.S. population grew by only 0.38% from July 2021 to July 2022, which was the second lowest growth on record behind just the 0.16% growth registered during the first year of the pandemic. The main driver of the increase was an increase in net immigration. To find comparably low rates, one has to go back to the worst of the Great Depression, when growth was still a comparably robust 0.6%. All told, for those who don't believe in pandemics, 24 states had more deaths overall than births. Texas, Florida, North Carolina, Georgia, and Arizona gained the most population numerically, while New York, California, and Illinois had the biggest losses. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome to the show Rebecca Seward, Senior Product Manager at Ockerless. She has over a decade of mortgage lending experience aligning with cross-functional agile teams to craft product strategy and deliver high-end digital solutions. She's passionate about building intuitive, scalable products that delight customers and drive innovation. Her specialties include mortgage lending, software as a service, business-to-business, enterprise clients, APIs and SDKs, product management, client engagement, agile methodologies, and hyper-growth startups. I wanted to talk to her today about investing in tech, automation, and innovation. So I want to start by asking you, why is now the time for lenders to invest in tech and innovate and scale? I think now is the perfect time because we've seen that obviously volume is at an all-time low, uh, at least the one that we have seen in 26 years. And we can see that it's still at a steady low rate. And I think when things are low, that is the time to take an opportunity to look at the right technology providers, to look at the right tech to invest in so that you actually have time to train your employees. We've been hearing from processors, from underwriters that they're bored, that they don't have as much time or they have more time, I guess, in between loans that they're reviewing. And so why not take that downtime to actually train them on the right processes, on the right technology to make themselves more efficient? Because 
They may be slow, but that doesn't mean that things will not eventually pick back up. I know I've been in this industry for 10 years. I can see that it's incredibly resilient. And so just because volume is low right now does not mean that it eventually will not pick back up. And we hear all of these stories about companies that are having to lay off their employees that are having to reduce operational costs. So why not invest in technology now that can make your current staff more efficient so that when that inevitable pendulum swing comes back, you're not having to drastically increase your operational costs. And so you're making your current employees more efficient and and really setting yourself up for success when things pick back up again. I'm almost frustrated for some of these companies that that knew a downturn was coming and still seem to be behind the eight ball and and scrambling when it comes to properly scaling their operations. You know, it's like you knew this was coming. What what were you waiting on? So I want to right. ask you, how can lenders better structure their organizations to be more agile and in a better position for dynamic market shifts in 2023? Sure. And I think it goes back to again taking this opportunity to adopt technology pr- partners that allow you to better streamline your processes. And really take this time also to look at the right technology providers. You, there's not every company is going to be a one size fits all. You know, we at Ocrelis understand that our business model or our technology stack may not perfectly fit into every lender's work stream, but that's why there are options out there for you so that you can really take the time to look at each individual technology provider to really understand what works best for you and your technology systems that exist already, you know, depending on your point of sale provider or your loan origination system. A lot of technology providers are looking for those, or I'm sorry, a lot of lenders are looking for those technology providers that will fit neatly into their tech stack. And so we actually recently just released a case study with Compare Financial, where they talked about how they had interviewed multiple different technology providers and found that we were ultimately the right fit because we had an integration that was seamlessly interacting with Encompass, which is their loan origination system, and that they've seen great success with it. They've mentioned that it shaves off half of the time that it takes to process those complex files with multiple entities and now 20 to 25% of the time less than it takes usually for standard loan files as well. So take the time to really look into each individual provider, find the one that fits your mold and allow your current staff to increase their productivity so you don't ever have to worry about again making those drastic operational shift uh, operational cost changes when the market shifts. And I want to talk to you about automation a little bit because it's been around for a while but companies are still working on adopting it and and integrating automation uh into their loan origination and loan sale processes and their tech stack. How is automation stepping in to fill the gap? and allow lenders to make smarter and faster credit decisions? So a lot of technology companies are out there focusing on data accuracy. You know, we at Ocrelis strive at doing 99 to 100% accuracy so that we can really give our lenders the transparency that they need to make those decisions with more confidence, knowing that they have the right accurate data and at a faster speed. I think also... it, it we need to talk more about how accurate and transparent data can allow lenders to practice better, fairer lending. 
you know, we want to eliminate discriminatory practices. So when you're making lending decisions based off accurate and transparent data, you can feel that security knowing that you're you're being fair with your decision making, but you're also working with technology that helps you automate the automatable and helps you extract the data that you need to make an accurate decision and make it in a much more efficient, timely manner. So Oculus does a lot of small business lending, and I wanted to ask you, what does it really take to be a responsive small business lender? Sure. So when you're working with these small businesses, right, they aren't working with these larger, you know, conglomerates that these mortgage, uh, these borrowers are used to, right? You have all these big names in the space that mortgage customers can just go online. So if you're a small business owner, it's you really want to work with the right companies that are going to take care of you and take care of your personal finances and take care of your business because there's a lot more stock in the game. Obviously, when you're buying a mortgage or you're purchasing a house, that's going to be very personal as well. But working with your business, you want to make sure that you're working with the right lenders. And so when you are operating in the small business space as a lender, you need to make sure that, again, you are working very quickly with these lenders. You're giving them the ex- the expected turnaround time that they need to feel secure in the decisions that they're making when it comes to their finances. So being able to, again, provide transparent information back to those borrowers or those businesses rather, and being able to make those decisions in a timely manner so that they understand what they need to provide to you since likely they're sort of working with themselves and they're working with a very small team, um, that is going to provide them the right security that they need to feel like their money is in the right hands. This is kind of piggybacking on an earlier question, but I want to get back to technology a little bit here. Can you explain to our listeners how technology can help reduce friction and bottlenecks in the lending process? Sure. So we're looking at a lot of the same data throughout most of the mortgage lending process, right? So the data that we look at in origination trickles down into processing and then underwriting. And so these data points are being reviewed by multiple individuals multiple times throughout the loan file, again, in closing and post-closing and even afterwards in the secondary market. And so when you have confidence in your data because you have accurate, transparent data consistently throughout the loan file, that can reduce a lot of the back and forth that happens between processing and underwriting and back to origination. You know, we see a lot of loan files that go from initial submittal and then conditional approval, and then they come back because there's more information that's identified down at the underwriting level. And so where I think you can use technology to reduce friction points is by having a cleaner, more accurate loan file at the top of the funnel that then reaches your processors, your underwriters, those down the funnel individuals and processes so that they are not having to go back and forth and request more information. I think also, even from an investor and borrower experience, these investors and these borrowers are now expecting things to be digital because everything nowadays is digital, not just mortgage processes. And so eliminating the friction points, even with those experiences, with interacting with your borrowers, with 
interacting with your investors. It's going to be key for these lenders to invest in technology to ensure that they're providing the best full circle experience for everyone involved. And the term digital disruption is thrown around a lot, but what does digital disruption mean for lenders and borrowers alike? For me, I read digital disruption as just meaning that right now, every single lender is having to realize that everything is becoming more digital. Every single piece of the process is being digitized. And so everything down from the POS experience with your borrowers down to your closing experience is going to become digital. And it does throw a big wrench in these processes that these lenders are so used to operating in. We see that obviously there's been, again, to your point earlier, a little bit of uh, hesitation to adopt technology. And I understand that because the, the mortgage process has been the same since as long as I've been working in it. And so even though these these regulations that come in like Erla and Humda and everything they come to disrupt just the same. These digital technology providers are coming to disrupt the status quo. They're wanting us to challenge these lenders and make sure that they're actually trying to become more digital, trying to become more modern in their processes and not staying so much in the, in the status quo. And so borrowers, again, you know, these individuals who are used to going into brick and mortar shops to work with lenders face to face or working with paper files, they're going to have to become more used to working with digital POS systems so that they're interacting with their lenders and processors over chats and over emails rather than face to face. And so it's disrupting the entire workflow that we've been used to for many, many years. But I think it's all for the better because it's just going to make everything more efficient and it's going to provide a better experience all around. Let's take that one step further. What is the latest technology being used for in digitizing the lending process from onboarding to underwriting and so forth. Right. So we are one of the latest technology providers that are trying to digitize this space. We're seeing a lot of automation. That's a big buzzword when it comes to digital lending processes nowadays. And so what Ocrelis does is we automate the document review process. So we collect these documents and we classify them for our lenders. We extract data from those documents, and then we're able to generate complex analytics on top of those data points. So we're able to calculate income. We're able to detect signs of fraud. We're able to show these lenders what the cash flow analysis is for this borrower just by looking at 12 months of bank statements. So you're going to see a lot of that coming into the space, a lot more automation around document labeling and document extraction. And also fraud is a major technology that is coming to light as well. So we look at our Ocrelis's fraud uh, file tampering detection system, which is able to look at signs of file tampering across documents. We're able to look at the original copy of a PDF and show where it was edited so that these lenders can see when there's suspicious activity on their loan files, which is a fairly new technology. And there's a lot of exciting things out there. There's a lot of exciting companies that are coming to light, but automation particularly around documents and and fraud file tampering detection is going to be some of the latest that we'll see in the industry. 
And let's close by talking about Oculus a little bit here. How are you specifically, or how is Oculus specifically disrupting lending and democratizing access to credit? Right. I spoke about it a little bit earlier. When you're making credit decisions based on transparent data, you're practicing safer, fair lending. So I actually previously worked in a compliance role where I had to review the fair lending reports every single month and really seeing how there was redlining happening and and bad bad practices when it comes to lending I'm excited to work at a company like Oculus that is trying to disrupt that that is trying to democratize access to credit more to more people um by really just again providing transparent data and providing accurate data so that when a lender needs to make a decision about a person's creditworthiness. They're not thinking about the person themselves. They're just looking at the data, looking at the facts and making an accurate decision based on those facts alone. And so I really think that that speaks to how we're able to practice, help these lenders practice uh, fair lending. And I think it's it's great for everyone involved because you know, as much as lenders have probably been able to avoid certain biases, this is really just helping them avoid those biases even more. And it's it's helping them democratize their business and it's helping them reach more borrowers by really, again, just looking at the transparent data and making a decision based on the data alone. And so that's why we're really excited at Oculus to be working with these documents, with these borrowers and helping these lenders democratize access to credit. <laughs> that's great to hear. Uh I really appreciate you making the time for me this morning. Thanks for talking to me. Of course. Yes. Thank you, Robbie. Continued digestion of Friday's jobs report led to a bonds and MBS rally to open the week. Largely on a renewed sense that the Fed may not have to raise the Fed funds rate range by as much as previously feared. A couple Fed speakers remarked on the subject, with San Francisco Fed President Daly saying she expects the central bank to raise rates to somewhere over 5%. Well, Atlanta Fed President Bostich said that the Fed is willing to overshoot when it comes to tightening. Economic data released over the last week reaffirmed continued growth in the U.S. economy. Job growth in December was higher than anticipated, although slower than in November, which is perhaps an indication of moderation as we head into 2023. I sound like a rapper. Indication of moderation. With unemployment at 3.47%, the labor market remains tight and there are still a significant number of unfilled positions available. Hourly earnings moderated slightly in December. However, the annualized increase over the last three months remains at a level the Fed views as inflationary. For the moment, markets are forecasting two more 25 basis point rate hikes in February and March. All of this depends on the path of inflation and whether the economic growth significantly slows in the first half of the year. Those hoping for a rate cut in 2023 may be disappointed, as the FOMC minutes indicated no committee members forecast a cut during the year. Today's calendar includes some second-tier releases, including NFIB, small business activity, Redbook chain store sales, wholesale inventories and sales, and a treasury auction of $40 billion of three-year notes. Fed Chair Powell will participate in Sweden's Riksbank International Symposium on Central Bank Independence. We begin the day with agency MBS prices worse an eighth to a quarter and the 10-year yielding 3.57 after closing yesterday at 3.52%. 
Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. The older baby boomers were all homeschooled. Who knew? Let's put it in their parents' own words. My father taught me logic. Because I said so, that's why. My mother taught me more logic. If you fall out of that swing and break your neck, you're not going to the store with me. My mother taught me foresight. Make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. <laughs> and my father taught me humor. When that lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't come running to me. Oh, see, you can't run if you don't have toes. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Simple Nexus, the homeownership platform that unites the people, systems, and stages of the mortgage process into one seamless end-to-end solution that spans engagement, origination, closing, and business intelligence. To learn more about Simple Nexus, an Encino company, visit simplenexus.com. Questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities? Send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.